Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. Go to audibletrial.com slash Rushmore. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Greetings and welcome to Mount Rush Less. This is the Mount Rush Less podcast. Actually, this is the 75th episode of the Mount Rushmore podcast in which we are taking pause from our normal observations of pop culture to look at the pantheon of dignified, wonderful, respected presidents who are sitting across the monument known as Mount Rushmore and think who are the crappy presidents who could be in their place. And those would be the Mount Rush Less monument. So we are going to be debating this episode, the Mount Rush Less, the pantheon of poopy presidents. Um, I'm Jeff, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend Richard. Hello. And his good friend Michael. Howdy. And we are debating, as always, the top four, or in this case, the bottom four, the Mount Rush Less. This category was chosen by Michael Winfield. I don't know, maybe to depress us even further about the current state of politics. Uh, but since Michael chose it, Michael, you have to justify why you chose it. Uh, every 25 episodes or so, I try to tie in um, the name of our podcast to Mount Rushmore in general. I try to... You it's know. like a Snickers promotion or something <laughs> where you do a quirky thing to yeah. rebrand and examine. I, I think the thing with presidents is I would say most of them are good to great. Yeah. And they're all... Gener- you know, the majority of them are probably good people and you know probably have a purpose. But man, you sound are, like you're breaking up with me. But man, there are some really, <laughs> really bad oh, people that have ascended to the throne of our. Uh, oh, you, know, you scallywags of our executive <laughs> branch of government. Why do we think that is? Like, I, I guess we can dissect that when we find each individual. But like, it's it's a popularity contest, isn't it? That in which we choose who runs our country. I, I was amazed by how many are just totally forgotten like it makes you it, it definitely puts your the, the current state of affairs in perspective when there is just like a string of five or six presidents in a row and you're like this guy did nothing yeah this guy was a garbage president yeah, it yeah. like that existed to kind of move the ball forward as uh-huh. you know yeah spoiler alert we could have just gone i think personally presidents directly before or after the civil war <laughs> yeah. and oh, yeah. done a pretty good job of knocking out four awful ones there mm-hmm. like they they were all involved one way or another in slowly advancing the ball forwards or backwards in terms of slavery yeah or yeah. like the destruction of like the native american people mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like they all kind of just kind of like moved it over the line one way or the other and yeah none of them seem to have done anything good right. well before we jump in and richard is going to start us off uh, i just want to uh, reach out to all the young people who listen to Mount Rushmore podcast for academic purposes. And <laughs> yeah, no. me, don't, don't, use it, don't use this as like a source on a paper. Yeah, this is not the foundation for a book report for which you will receive a good grade. <laughs> okay, Richard, get us going here. All right. So my first one is James Buchanan. Also, oh. also on my list. Yeah. You guys remember the Civil War? Remember that? So here's the asshole who greased the skids for it, basically. <laughs> Uh, James Buchanan was um, a president who called the territorial issue of slavery happily a matter of but little practical importance. Oh, so he may have he may have <laughs> missed the mark by just a bit on that one. Mm-hmm. He also was a big proponent of uh, he was he was on the wrong side of history on the Dred Scott case too. Right. That's that's when they that's when the supreme the Supreme Court uh, ruled that. Um, 
descendants of uh, uh, black descendants, uh, the federal government basically had no say in the ownership of them hmm. uh, in the new territories. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of helped set things back and really, like you said, greased, greased the wheels for the Civil War th- oh. to come. Yeah, and okay. he, he also basically, uh, in his first State of the Union message uh, to Congress, basically said that he believed the South secession. Well, it may not be legal. We don't really, the problem is we don't really have any power to stop it. Oh. He was pretty much hands off about the whole process yeah. of the South wanting to secede, mm-hmm. um, which did not help okay. things on any level. Could he, could he have stopped it? Though? I, I, I don't know that he could have s- stopped it. Necess- but he should have taken proactive action. He, it, it certainly could have done something better than nothing, which yeah, is his, what he did. His final message to Congress was also basically the same, saying like, uh, yeah, you guys can't do anything. You, yeah. you guys should should uh, maybe it's maybe it's the southern states' rights. Maybe they're, uh, you know, maybe they're maybe it's it's right for them to revolt. Basically. Yeah, yeah. He was very much a states' rights or territories' rights uh, person, as in you know, the southern states had the right to determine whether or not they wanted to be a slave state. Mm-hmm. It's funny in the episode of Quantum Leap when Scott Bakula jumps back <laughs> into the body of James Buchanan, right. how he's confronted with all these challenging topics. And, and, and Sam is there like, a 78% chance <laughs> that you're going to start the Civil War if you make this choice. Uh, Why do you open with that, this? That was, uh, sorry, that was one sound effect that I could not <laughs> get when we talked about Quantum Leap. Oh, really? In our Mount Rushmore of uh, time travel. Time travel. I couldn't get that device, that the sound of that, whatever. I looked so hard for like, I was like squidgy noise. <laughs> and, I was, and I did that thing where it's like, you know that one <laughs> that it is like, blah, 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 blah. it's just like. I, so not, if anyone, if there. anyone works sound effects, <laughs> please send it to please us. Please send us to us. You, um, both, you both chose him. Yeah, I think he was, he was, he's someone who is, I think, historically thought of as one of the worst presidents. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one of the earliest worst presidents. Yeah. And someone who basically left the mess that Lincoln had to step into yeah. and try to deal with. Okay. For uh, for my categories this week, what I basically did is I looked at what Mount Rushmore is and who's represented on it. Oh, and oh, I tried okay. to find their opposite. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I thought, okay. I thought to myself, James Buchanan was the one that got us into this mess or helped get us into this mess. And he was the opposite of Lincoln, who really helped get us out. I mean, uh-huh. you know, he also got his brains blown out. So mm-hmm. tough luck, Lincoln. But uh, <laughs> he's also a vampire hunter. as we learned. <laughs> He was, that was, that was, you know, as a quick side note, that was one of the things that I also thought of. I was thinking about our very first episode of fictional presidents. And I thought, would I want any of these four presidents would I rather have these fictional presidents on <laughs> uh, as actual presidents over these four people? Mm-hmm. And almost to a T, even Lex Luthor, <laughs> who was even, villainous, but at least he was principled. Even, yeah. Prince, even President Camacho? Yeah. Camacho, he tried to, he was doing all he could. He was like Abraham Lincoln. He tried to save the Union. In his own stupid way. They had a mm-hmm. flamethrower and a monster truck, too. Well, but, yeah. But yeah, Buchanan, what a piece of work. What a tool. Okay, so Michael, would this then be your second that you are going to go with? Sure. Okay. Okay. And my second is current POTUS number forty-five, Donald Trump. Okay. And I didn't choose this not because I don't believe that he belongs on this list. Oh dear God, do I believe he belongs on this list? It was just depressing. To it was going to be depressing for me to do research or talk about mm-hmm. this, you guys. Okay. okay. I, I didn't need to do any research because I've been living this every day. I think we all have been, which yeah. is unfortunate. And uh, I I chose him like opposite of 
George Washington. George okay. Washington was our first president, and I think <laughs> Donald Trump is going to be our last, is be our last yeah, president. Yeah. <laughs> uh, George Washington, what an incredibly principled man mm-hmm. yeah. who probably given the option, or given the option, he decided to step down after two terms. Donald mm-hmm. Trump will do whatever it takes yeah. to stay in power. He is, you know, we talked about principle. He has none. He doesn't believe in anything. Mm-hmm. I think that's why he's so hard to peg down is that, like, he forces all of the people that are like behind him to constantly bend whatever their point of view to whatever yeah. insane thing he says next because yeah. he doesn't believe anything. He he's just if you mex- mentioned pre- President Luther in the DC universe, he's President Joker. He is chaos yes. personified. Yeah, there's yeah. he he doesn't have a path that he follows. He's not principled. He is the exact opposite. He's like, whatever it takes, if I'm going to, it feels like if I'm going to lie and cheat and all, all of the newspaper yeah. reporting over the last six months have kind of revealed he will lie and yeah. cheat his way to whatever. And he does not even understand the fundamental. Um, so we, everyone is a politician until they become the president, then they must be the president. He does not understand the role of, or even the concept of presidency yeah. and has remained a a talk show, or no, sorry, he had remained a reality TV figure and a politician throughout. He's he's done two, he's accomplished two amazing things in the last six months. One, he's made George W. Bush look amazing oh, yeah. in comparison. Yeah. And George W. Bush was a really devious president. Yeah. Yeah. Like in terms of the Iraq war, and I remember protesting against him. and George, voted. W. George W. Bush? On my list, by the way. Okay. Okay. So. Well, but like he, he we'll was, get to him. He like he was a principled person too. Yeah. And greatly, you know. Ah, oh, he was awful, and he's he's made him look competent. Yeah. Which is startling, and like his whole like "Make America Great Again," you know, garbage slogan, really has made America stand up in a way that it hasn't in a long time. That's mm-hmm. the only good thing he's made. All of these kind of weak, uh, spineless Republicans bend over backwards and show their kind of true colors that they're like, they'll say and do whatever they want as long as they get to push a tax cut. And it's amazing. Like, you know, we're very liberal here on the podcast and unabashedly so. It's amazing how how much he's made you feel like okay and good Mm -hmm. having like real like... Principles. Liberal principles and ideals. Mm -hmm. I, I would even settle for real conservative principles if they were actual principles yeah he like you said he just doesn't even have that yeah he believes in nothing I, I i think we may have i may have mentioned this on the show but i'm constantly amazed when people say oh well he sent out this ridiculous horrible tweet about you know this person bleeding from the face after a facelift because he wants to distract people from this. it's all part of this plan to just it's like he has no plan no yeah there's no plan it's it's amazing it's 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 all, I guess, id? Is that, yeah. is that the, the, the right id, ego, superego thing? I think it's id. Where it's just all like whatever he has at that, whatever he's thinking at that moment, whatever he wants to get at that moment. Whatever fragility. It's immediate. It's just a, a, there's no yeah. forethought or like what happens the next step. It's just. Your comparison of him to the Joker versus Lex Luthor is perfect. Because yeah. he just, he says what he wants to. He doesn't care about any ramifications, whether it's political or economic. Right. Like, you know, he starts slamming random newspapers and it's just like, it's very strange. Yeah, the other day, other day he wanted to rip the Washington Post or he called it the Amazon Washington Post. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second, is Amazon something that people really don't like? 
I think Amazon's pretty popular. I think most people do shopping in Amazon. <laughs> I think if you're going to slander something, calling them Amazon is not the worst thing to call them. It's call them Walmart, call them Costco, maybe, or I don't know. He has no concept of Best what, products. what those things mean either. You know, like he, he was slamming, slamming. I can't believe we give any sort of gravitas to what the thing, <laughs> to the garbage tweets that he puts mm. out. He, you know, uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren, he keeps calling her Pocahontas. Like, it's the most awful. It's awful. A hundred percent. He doesn't know anything about Pocahontas. Yeah. It's just a word that is, you know, vaguely insulting to him. Yeah. And like, he just, God, I hate I him. Mean, Sorry I brought him up. I guys. mean, the whole, yeah. he's awful. Guys, I've had one heart attack. I don't need <laughs> two. I, I was thinking that when, once he, this is, uh, this will may, may seem trite to people who lived through the, uh, JFK assassination. Um, but here goes. I felt like when he was nominated, uh, it was ridiculous. But when he was elected, I felt like the presidency was assassinated. It felt like the concept of the office and what we perceive about it to be um, immutable, based not based on the person sitting in a chair, but the, based on the role and how it's been defined throughout the centuries. It just seemed like that was just obliterated. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's that's how it feels to me. He uh, I, I, people felt that same way about James Buchanan too back in the day. They totally did. Yeah, they if, like, if they oh, would have had if Buchanan would have had a Twitter, watch out. <laughs> Sparks would have flown. Hashtag civil rights. Eh. Oh, so uh, Richard, do we want to go to your second? Yeah, we go to my second. Okay. And and um I was going to go chronologically, but since you brought up George W. Bush, I think I feel We're like, all over the place. Yeah, we need to mention this. Um George W. Bush uh, remembered for being as dumb as a bag of rocks, which is good for him since we forget all of the evil shit. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, when you think of George W. Bush, you think of kind of this, you know, the, you, what you really think of is Will Ferrell doing you, you George have, W. Bush. You have a caricature of this vaguely unintelligible man. Kind of yeah. kind of goofy, you know, you know, sort of like almost like a dad joke sort of guy who's not the smartest guy in the world, but kind of, you know... You'd want to have a beer with him, even if you didn't agree with him, type of person. And even if he didn't have a beer because he was an alcoholic. Right. But, yeah, but even still, like, you'd have the beer and he'd have his O'Doul's or whatever, and you'd sit down <laughs> and you'd watch a, watch a baseball game together. Sure. That's, that's kind of what you think about. And it's like, you forget, he did, him and his cronies did some bad shit. Yeah. You know, war in Iraq for mostly trumped up reasons. Check. Wasting a budget, budget surplus on tax cuts for the wealthy. Check. No child left behind, which every teacher and school administrator I knew I knew hated. Check. Uh, see, uh, completely obliterating uh, human rights. Mm-hmm. Check. Owning the Texas Rangers, the most boring <laughs> baseball team imaginable. Double check. Ousting Valerie Plain, CIA agent. Yeah, that was his administration. Yeah, that was yeah outing her and and bad stuff. He was just a horrible person. I mean, that's the thing. You, now you said like with Trump, it's like it makes him look good. And it's like yeah. no, he wasn't good. Avoided military service, didn't he do that too? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was like an Air National Guardsman in Texas, but nobody could really figure out when when he was actually mm-hmm. there or mm-hmm. what his service was. I remember like the the 2004 election, and John Kerry lost because there was an image of him windsurfing. Oh, and there was an ad that was like, he doesn't know which way the wind blows, and he flip flops, and it's just ba- you know. That's what brought him down. It seems so it quaint. Seems so yeah, yeah, it seems so adorable. And it's like I can't believe that this guy lost to this other doofus. Yeah, I mean, just think how different the world would have been if you know three hundred votes would have gone differently in Florida. 
Crazy. It, it just bog, it boggles the mind yeah. mm-hmm. and where it would have gone. But yeah, Church W. Bush just, and it's easy to say, well, it was really Cheney and those guys who were really the evil ones. And maybe George W. Bush didn't. It's like, no, don't try to, don't try to pass the blame off on him and mm-hmm. don't retroactively try to make him seem like something that he wasn't. Yeah. You know what's funny? It's, I feel like in, after Trump, Bush has taken the Reagan role in which he seems to be this paternal, beloved figure relative to the orange-haired baboon that's in the <laughs> seat right now. Right. Which or, I think is interesting. Or, or, or to switch parties. I mean, Carter was a pretty hated, not hated, but... Mm-hmm. You know, lost in a landslide. Yeah. And now you look, you know, 20 years later and he's everyone's favorite grandpa, you know, building Habitat for Humanity homes. In these. Yeah. No, George Bush doesn't do that. Fuck that. Never mind. What am I saying? <laughs> okay. Fuck it. Ah. He, he, cl- he clears brush from his ranch, his own ranch, and then paints terribly. <laughs> oh, yes. Paintings. Well, you know what gained him points is his perceived... Well, uh, you know what I believe gained him points is his association with the Obamas in post-presidency. Uh, you see him and Michelle and well, Barack hang, hanging out. And he was hanging out with uh, Clinton, too, yeah. after, the, after uh, not Katrina, because he hated black people. But it was something else, right? <laughs> Wasn't there something else where he worked with Clinton I'm on, Super Sa- on, on Sandy or something, maybe? Well, I, I, think it, I think it goes back to what you mentioned earlier, Jeff. Is it that all does. <laughs> Always, is at that, all times. Is it that there is a dignity with the office of the president and then... You know, the individual presidents, there have been 45 of them, and that's uh-huh. it. They understand that it's the biggest office in the land, yeah. and they understand that there's a responsibility there. So even though, like, the politics of one president to another may differ greatly, mm-hmm. they seem to still respect each other. It seems almost that Trump is not going to be the one that's invited to yeah. Yeah. to christenings. And I think I saw someone say it on, on Twitter the other day. is like, there is not going to be a USS Donald J. Trump aircraft carrier no. commissioned ever. If there yeah. is, it'll be the biggest. The it's going to be a garbage, garbage, garbage scowl. scowl. Yeah. <laughs> what, what books will be in that library? The Trump. It's <laughs> going to be all his books and you have to buy them. It's yeah. not going to be a library. It's just going to be a bookstore for his crabby off. Awful a book. big like golden tower library with Trump library on it. And it goes bankrupt within like the first year. You have to use your Trump card to get <laughs> yeah. into it. it. Last thing about George W. Bush. It's like, he had a 90% approval rating like immediately post 9/11. Anybody would have. Yeah, and and, and it's like I did and I was <laughs> I wasn't even 22 <laughs> and you were a terrorist. Um and he, he managed to throw that all away in the course mm-hmm. of like a few years. I mean, it's hard to do. Yeah. It, 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 it's hard to squander that kind of goodwill that quickly mm-hmm. and he managed to do it. God bless him. For you, the listeners of Mount Rushmore Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Now, one thing you could check out is the book Mount Rushmore, The History and Legacy of America's Most Unique Monument. Because if you came here looking for actual information about Mount Rushmore, you'd probably be disappointed because we just argue about pop culture BS. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash Rushmore. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash Rushmore for your free audiobook. We are at our halftime discussing not the Mount Rushmore, but the Mount Rush Less of American presidents. And we are going to invite you to take a little break from the trauma that is being inflicted upon our nation uh, with president number 45 and go back in time. Download, rate, and review our past episodes. Go back to a friendlier time when we were discussing breakfast cereal and <laughs> snack foods, and which, which is the which month was the coolest and stuff like that. I still say May is pretty good. May is pretty. May is the bomb. Um, 
So we'd like to, you to also give us your suggestions of future topics we can discuss by going on Facebook and joining the community there. Pretty much just go to uh, Google and type in Mount Rushmore Podcast and you'll see all the places we are. Bum, 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 bum. Literally bums. Bum, bum, bums. Literally bums. Hail to the bums uh, that have led our great country over the past couple hundred years. And Michael, what's your third Mount Rushless bum you want to talk about? Uh, in opposition to great orator Thomas Jefferson, Herbert Hoover, oh. our 31st president, uh. who was kind of a crap communicator. Oh, okay. And also... Uh, didn't really do jack squad about getting us out of the depression. Kind of made it worse. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Surprised you didn't go with Silent Cal. I thought about it, but he actually did some stuff. That's true. So um, within months of Black Tuesday hitting uh, and the stock market crash of 1929, uh, he did nothing. Oh. Uh, he felt that the federal government shouldn't be involved in getting people out of the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, he... Uh, basically said that strong business, strong banks, and strong railroads would help booster the economy. Just goes to show that like trickle-down economics has never worked <laughs> and will never work. Yeah. Um, he, oh, I, there's a, fra- a faction of America that thinks that the rich are going to come in and save everything. That the rich getting richer are going to... You know what that fraction of Americans are? <laughs> the, rich. the rich. The rich. They love it. Um, he thought that uh, allowing like the government to put people on the dole would basically weaken the economy. Oh, yeah. And all of his policies resulted in uh, not only him losing the greatest, uh, by the greatest uh, loss in presidential history. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lost uh, 472 to 59 to uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. A man, who, a man who couldn't even walk. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, wor- the worst defeat ever given by a man with polio to someone <laughs> without polio. But... Um, you know, his legacy was basically like the small towns that were built up around America basically were tagged with his name. Like the Hoovervilles. Hoovervilles. Mm-hmm. Like all the shanty towns and all of the depression, all of everything was like, yeah. maybe it was, you know, not his policies that led to the Great Depression, but he basically, you know, didn't get us yeah. out of it in any yeah. way. And so he's the one who said, the only thing we have to fear is not fear itself. <laughs> No, wait, somebody else <laughs> said that. The only thing we have to fear is a decades-long crippling depression. Decades-long crippling depression. Uh, there, there are presidents like this that their inaction, mm. uh, and I, it's another, uh, later on, another pick of mine, kind of, the people that don't do anything are the ones that, you know, history doesn't smile mm-hmm. gladly upon. The people yeah. that, you know, serve their own self-interests and s- serve a smaller fraction of, you know, society, mm-hmm. it really just, it's amazing how often that's their death now. Yeah. You don't think of snapshots and in which a president had all the information that they needed yet was inactive. And I think of like the image of George W. playing a guitar and then he's like goofing around on a guitar while he, when he heard about Hurricane Katrina or something like what? that. There's some picture Did of him. Did you have a dream about no, this? No, no, no. I'll find the picture. But there's some and then was there picture a of him just like. that flew in? <laughs> I'll find it, but um, you can stop and go, well, what did they know? Is it hindsight that makes us judge their inaction or action poorly and says, oh, they should have done this, they should have done that, if only they had all this information that we call history that is at our disposal? 
Or did he have just as much information as the person who came after him who took action upon all this? In 1930, there was the Smoot-Hawley Tariff Act that he uh, passed mm-hmm. uh, against the objection of Congress and uh, economists that basically banned like import of uh, foreign goods yeah. and was kind of trying to get uh, American goods going. Mm-hmm. Was he but trying to make America great again? He was trying oh. to, but basically it it had the opposite effect where no one could buy cheaper goods coming in mm-hmm. um, and American goods weren't being sold abroad. So like there was just, e- even in, at the time when they were trying to do something, he ignored like the concerns of yeah. the economists at yeah. the time and then it just kind of exacerbated it. I think the most unf- unforgivable thing he did was being in the musical, musical Annie as a reference. <laughs> that shrieking harpy of a child. You know what's interesting about Hoover, I thought, is he's sort of known, like you said, for blowing um, the uh, Great Depression uh, recovery, or potential recovery, and basically not doing much. But he, he kind of came, he was not a politician. I mean, he was like a miner and a businessman oh. who became involved in like relief efforts in Belgium and Europe after World War One and you know basically was the person who cut through the red tape and made sure that the right you know funds and food and oh. supplies got to you know Belgium and other places that were affected by World War One. And then he was named Secretary of Commerce eventually mm-hmm. because of that. And there was a giant flood the Mississippi Mississippi River flooded. Mm-hmm. And there was a huge humanitarian crisis. This is yeah. like in the 1924, uh, 20, uh, 25, 26, mm-hmm. I think. And he is the person who went in there and made sure that it basically led the relief efforts. Oh, okay. That, so that was like his thing. It seems like that was his Joshua tree and every album after that. <laughs> was pop. Was pop. Was zoo. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Zootopia or whatever. <laughs> Zooropa. Zooropa, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He well, is he is the fly. Um, well, it always seems to be a mistake that, that there are some attributes of your personal life or like a non-political life that mm-hmm. can be applied. And as we've seen with our current president, these things and like this guy, like just because you're good at one thing doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that that skill set applies to yeah. another. If Grant was a good president, was a good uh, general, didn't mean he's going to be a good president. Right. Okay. Or what about his tomb? Where is that? Who's buried in that thing? Uh, his wife. Richard? All right. My or third. My third. Um, so I did the president uh, directly preceding Lincoln, James Buchanan. And now I'm going to do the president directly after Lincoln. Uh, you, you bookended him. Andrew Johnson. Mm. Yeah. I could have picked, had my pick Andrews. Andrew Jays. <laughs> uh, could have gone either way with that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jackson was kind of a terror, too. I mean, basically, basically it's like, did you want, did I want to pick a racist? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or someone who made the Trail of Tears. Uh, they both would have been good picks, but I was just, I was getting like I said too loaded up in like eighteen mid eighteen hundreds crap presidents. So Andrew Johnson hated in the South and then hated in the North. Um, originally hated in the South because as a Tennessee senator, he was the only senator to remain in the U.S. Senate after um, after the vote for Confederacy. Mm. Um, so everyone in the South kind of considered him to be a turncoat. Oh. And then he was hated in the North because once he became president, his staunch anti-abolitionist uh, beliefs kind of came to the forefront. He opposed citizenship, citizenship for former slaves, and his form of Reconstruction allowed Southern states to basically re-enter the Union without having to change any of their policies yeah. toward, towards former slaves. His argument was, well, 
they didn't really leave in the first place. They didn't really have a legal standing to leave oh. America in the first place. So they don't really, have to do anything. To really, don't back. have to do anything to come back. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Basically, he, we fought this bloody war, you know, with ourselves, and the Union won, and then we immediately gave the reins over because of assassination to a total racist Southerner who basically did everything he could to undo the victory. Oh wow! So. Thanks for your service at the Civil War, guys. Sorry, <laughs> sorry about everyone's arms and legs getting blown uh-huh. off and gangrene, but yeah, yeah, this guy's going to take this guy's going to take a crack at it. Well, it's good. I mean, you know, we didn't. We, <laughs> I'm talking about. Is this like I'm when talking about is like like I'm talking about like a, a sports team yeah. from my own town. You yeah. know, we didn't actually vote for him. <laughs> you know, he took over after after Lincoln was was assassinated. Yeah, that's true. But he was on the ticket because basically Lincoln wanted to have. Some but wanted to have someone that would appeal. This is restoration. This yeah, is like, yeah, the, re, to, re, to the reconstruction. To, the base, mm-hmm. basically would appeal to the uh, the non-northern kind of liberal Republicans at the time. Yeah, um, wound up getting impeached because he kept butting heads with the uh, Republican at the time, Congress, um, who basically Andrew Johnson didn't understand that he couldn't just do something and make it so. Mm-hmm. Does this sound familiar at mm-hmm. all? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main cause of the impeachment was over the 1866 uh, Tenure of Office Act, which basically prevented the president from firing cabinet members on his own without getting authorization from the Senate. So if you could picture a president being crazy enough to just think he can fire people willy-nilly uh, for no reason at all. I can't even, I yeah, can I barely can, imagine that. can barely imagine yeah. what that would look like. Um, so he unilaterally fired uh, Edwin Stanton, who was uh, his Secretary of War, also was Lincoln's um, but was not someone whose opinion he valued. Um, when Stanton learned he was fired, he was told by the uh, congressional Republicans to go into his office and lock the door and don't come out. And he did that until several hours later when the Republican Congress was able to basically vote to block his firing. Mm-hmm. So if you could picture Edwin Stanton, one of the most powerful men you know, in America, in his office, having to lock the door and, I don't know, like put file cabinets yeah. to make sure they don't <laughs> like... a like, zombie movie or something. Yeah, yeah, to make sure that the security guards don't come and uh-huh. like, like take him off like you just got fired from your job at yeah. IBM or something. Yeah. They don't want you taking secrets yeah, with yeah. the interview. In, in, insane. And uh, the only president to actually go through an impre- impeachment uh, proceeding uh, avoided impeachment by one vote. And... One vote's not a lot. It's, it's, it's less than two. Yeah. So I, he was somebody who basically was the worst possible person mm-hmm. to take over after uh, to take Lincoln. over after Lincoln. Yeah. He was in, in a lot of ways. I didn't do this with the categories, but he was almost the anti Lincoln. He was somebody who was not very eloquent. Mm-hmm. Somebody mm-hmm. who was a racist, somebody yeah. who uh, did not understand politics mm-hmm. and his powers. So, yeah, basically the absolute worst person to try to unite the country after this yeah. bloody conflict conflict. Yeah. This sounds like like your mom divorces your dad and then hooks up with this sketchy guy who she's just kind of there with him just to kind of bide time because right. he tipped a lot at her waitress job or something like that. He just comes in. This sounds like you're speaking from experience. Oh, shit. Just. Oh, my God. Why am, how am I in the fetal position and still <laughs> talking on a microphone? Incredible. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you for that colorful scribe. Mm. Screed. Something. I am a colorful scribe. You're a colorful scribe. The Shakespeare of that chair. Fantastic. Michael, begin f- that begin round the fourth. Uh, 
My <laughs> uh, my fourth pick, my fourth and final pick, is opposite of uh, Teddy Roosevelt, the man who did everything. Oh, is uh, it Reddy Roosevelt? <laughs> Warren G. Harding. Also, my last choice. Our 29th president. Is it who, really? Yeah. Okay. Who did just about nothing? My my favorite anecdote about him is that uh, he was elected president. Um, we'll get into the backroom shenanigans about how he was elected president. There's quite a bit of shenanigans. But, um, Shenaniganery. That's weird because Warren G. Harding already sounds like a porn star. And you're saying <laughs> backroom shenanigans? I'm excited about what's to follow. Well, uh, uh, by the way, we've gone a whole minute into this and no one has made a Snoop Dogg and Warren G. reference. Yeah, okay. so good job, everybody. Well, one of my favorite uh, anecdotes about him um, is that uh, he was sworn in and president in March. And then immediately went on vacation until December. Uh, <laughs> Basically, can we, he, get, can we get our current president to do that? That'd be great. <laughs> he went to go play like golf with some of his buddies down in Texas for six months. Well, transportation took longer back then, right? They had they did have airplanes by then. Okay, okay. They did trains. They were not. He, there was not like mules. There was not like this was not like the covered wagons. <laughs> he didn't had to walk. Headed, headed westward ho. With his presidential bindle stick. My my first act as president, if we were just coming out of World War One, would be like, you know what, this is tough on me too. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta go take a powder for, for six Ooh, months. Yeah, sounds like President Matthew McConaughey. Y'all got this. He was only he was only president for two years because he died in office. And you know, I didn't I didn't put William Henry Harrison on there, bec- who died barely a president. Yeah, who died for thirty one days because he didn't have enough time to be a good or a cruddy president. Mm-hmm. It, there's you, history can't judge yeah. someone that that got a month that yeah. could, probably couldn't even binge watch an entire season of <laughs> Game West of Wing Thrones or, or West of yeah like he couldn't he couldn't get through it in time so yeah. it's like okay I can't he gets a pass can't cra- I can't you know shit on him too much yeah. you, you, you can judge him for being an idiot for not wearing a top coat <laughs> to his, his yeah. inauguration allegedly but um, I, I think he, you know the backroom shenanigans on how he got on the on how we became president or how we became the Republican um, nominee, nominee is kind of interesting he uh basically like on the last night of the republican convention convention um a bunch of people got in the back room smoke-filled room mm-hmm. said let's let's make this guy our he's the guy he's and they the guy. Cho- and they chose him basically because there were two or three other candidates and no one could agree on on which one to choose yeah and harding basically gets chosen because he's inoffensive and he's somebody who, he's from Ohio, and the, even back then was a key swing state for the mm-hmm. GOP. Mm-hmm. So where they thought he could, a he could carry Ohio, and b he's kind of just this guy. Yeah, like nobody really has a strong opinion on him, so no, they can't really tar and feather him with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's probably somebody we can control pretty easily as well. Yeah, so that's why he gets to gets the Republican nomination, not through anything he did. My tagline for him was actually Warren G. Harding, unqualified and corrupt. Other than that, he was great. Other than that. Yeah. In, his, in his own words, he said, I am not fit for this office and should never have been here. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I wonder if that's on his gravestone. <laughs> I think it's on his trading card, for sure. <laughs> his presidential trading card. He's that, got all zeros on the back on his stats. That wasn't common. That wasn't. Was that uncommon for? I remember the, in the initial days of the presidency, it was common for each of them to go to the polls and then vote for the other one out of humility. Or stupidity. Or stupidity. <laughs> Yeah, but then became sucker. they realized how close the presidency actually could could be the election. So, he, uh, what was it 
did he have kind of a signature thing that was the worst thing he did, or was he just kind of a general gray uh, white noise? That teapot he, dome. Yeah, he there was, was there was a several lot of scandals. Like, there was okay. a lot of graft that kind of came about within his. That a lot of it was discovered kind of after he passed away mm-hmm. too. So mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of scandal and, like Richard said, teapot dome was the. Yeah, there's the teapot dome scandal, which was, I I, on a trip to Arizona in my car, I listened to like a 17 hour audiobook about the Teapot Dome scandal. And this is roughly what I remember about it is about two sentences. 17 hour? Yeah. It was, was it, it, it was all about Teapot Dome and Harding and it gets into like the Crockers, you know, like Crocker Bank and, and the Stanfords. Okay. They get involved in this. It's just big what? giant thing. Basically, uh, Teapot Dome was there were these oil um, reserves reserves and um, the uh, Secretary of the Interior basically allowed uh, the oil companies to uh, have first crack at them, even though it was on, I think, government land. Mm-hmm. And he got like a, at least $300,000 in bribes for that. Oh. And it was something where, did Harding know about it? Eh, maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. That's why it never really did stick to him. Yeah. Um, but he has had a lot of, basically, with a couple of exceptions, he just picked all of his cronies, his uh, poker buddies from Ohio. To be the cabinet, be cabinet positions. Um, his head of the Veterans Bureau um, was someone he had uh, met while vacationing, mm-hmm. and was later involved in this giant uh, swindle where he was diverting alcohol and drugs from the veterans' hospitals and then bootlegging them back on the black market. Oh my god! Yeah, so not good. Mm-hmm. Um, his it's a bad sign when your attorney general, you know, winds up eventually, you know, a century later. Being a character on Boardwalk Empire <laughs> as someone running a criminal operation, mm-hmm. that's not good. Yeah. That's, that's bad. Mm-hmm. That's bad. Yeah. And he was, you know, he was like a, a newspaper editor at a small town mm-hmm. and was like a one-term senator. Yeah. And then he just sort of got dropped into the presidency where you said he didn't really want it, wasn't comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, had a, his, his, uh, had a, a, a child out of wedlock. With his, uh, oh, that's w- just sexy. Yeah, sexy talk. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he, that was another reason he wasn't really that happy with with becoming president in a lot of ways because that exposed. W- there was the potential to expose that. It was mm-hmm. like an open secret. Yeah. Uh, while he was in office, that didn't bother President Schwarzenegger, did it? It did not. No, it did not at <laughs> all. Yeah. Um. So that brings us to the end. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I need to confess to you guys. I don't know jack shit about. History, throw a or presidential history. Just throw, throw a dart at a board. So you know what then I'm going to you do. Are, you're perfectly you're you're perfectly qualified <laughs> to be a yeah, president. You then. know. So so what I'm going to do. Uh, I I think you guys need to vote for impeachment of me in my role as judge, because the judge is ostensibly the president of this podcast. Well, let's vote to censure him, but not impeach. Okay. Okay, that sounds good. Let me so, ask so you. You're gonna you're gonna get like I'm a gonna get public censured? a public no no. But we're not taking you out of out of office. We're okay. just no. we're just scolding you. You officially. did a bad thing. I would like to let you know that in the game of Uno that uh, politics is, I pardon myself <laughs> and I censure you. I Very pardon topical. myself frequently, <laughs> but that's that's a different topic. And I have a, a skip turn card <laughs> and a reverse card. Draw four. <laughs> Draw four. Um, I think you. Uh, I obs- I observe uh, that you each did a very compassionate and passionate job of dissing these fine gentlemen who have represented our country to the best of their abilities in the past. Uh, I think it's unfair how judgmental you were on some of them and that 
they were doing a tough job in a challenging time and they did their best. And they probably had amazing facial hair, <laughs> which made them very memorable, and probably a lot of maintenance into that facial hair, which took up a lot of the time. Do you think George W. Bush could have grown a mustache if he tried? I don't know. Probably not. Let's look this up. I bet there's photos of him in the 70s. Yeah. He has to have photos of him with a beard or mustache. I, I will say that I have such a bad time imagining these presidents that other than um, Teddy Roosevelt and um, other than uh, George Bush, I imagine them all to look like um, Paul Giamatti. <laughs> While you're describing them. <laughs> kind of a mushy face. <laughs> They're all like potato men. They're all like potato face guys. <laughs> and I all kind of imagine they all sound like the Pepperidge Farm guy or something <laughs> like that. That made me say they sound like Paul Giamatti. I don't know. Yeah. Don't well, if you want to be president, I guess that's okay. Roll. Hey, uh, actually, we all cookies <laughs> while you're president. <laughs> so I'm just going to say I felt like you each were very passionate about the two choices that you chose together. Warren G. Harding and the other one, and James Buchanan. <laughs> so, so, so memorable, James yeah, Buchanan James was. Buchanan. So I would like to make the voting thus. One point each for Warren G. Harding and his album that he released. Right. And one point each for James Buchanan. Also known as James Buttcannon. James oh, Buttcannon. Oh, hey. Michael, I'm going to give you a point for falling on your sword and doing the obvious and going with Donald Trump. Because we all knew it had to be said. And uh, I would like to give you a point, Richard, for going against the, the national amnesia that has happened and forgotten that uh, George Bush was a steaming pile of shit. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this has been the Mount Rushmore podcast. I liked you, the best audience in podcasting, for sticking with us for 75 amazing episodes. So thank you very much. Hey, guys, 75 episodes in this season. Richard and I, we're tied at 69. Nice. What? That is amazing. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Fabulous. Um, So thanks so much for listening. I am always am Jeff. I'm Richard. 